Now we're continuing in our exposition of the book of Philippians. So if you would please turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're getting close to the end. We're not there yet. But we're getting close. And so we are going to read at this time verses 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9. And this is entitled Building Christian Character. And it's part of the theme of pursuing Christ's likeness, which is, I believe, the theme of, of the book of Philippians. So let us read here and read these verses. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received, and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Let's pray. Father, enlighten us by your Holy Spirit to your holy word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, once again, let me remind you what the book's main theme is, and that is pursuing Christ-likeness, as found in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. The Apostle Paul states, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The word apprehend, if you recall, speaks of laying hold of something, like the policeman apprehending the criminal who's on the run. But, and in a sense it's like that with us, but now it goes on to the next level of our, as believers, being apprehended of Christ. And, and our being apprehended of Christ means that, that the Lord is taking hold of us. The Lord is taking hold of our mind and our heart and our and our will and our purpose. And He's taking hold of it in such a way that now we want to take hold of Him. We want to lay hold of Him. And, and that becomes our chief desire to know Him and to love Him and to serve Him. Is it yours? So far we talked about laying hold of Jesus' love, Jesus' joy, and Jesus' peace, but this time we're going to be talking about laying hold of His likeness, or His character. In other words, Christian character. And that's in the verses that we just, that I just read in Philippians 4, 8 and 9. How does one build Christian character? There are two things. There are two things to consider. One, to think on those things that are mentioned here, which ultimately are the things that are from the Word of God and that are found living in the living Word, who is Jesus Christ. So to think on those things, i.e. to meditate upon the Word. You take time to meditate upon the Scriptures. 
And then secondly, to do what you read. It's not enough to simply have it up here but not have it down here and not have it uh, expressed in our life, in our, in our doing and action. The Bible is one of the most action-packed books. It is the most action-packed book. I'll just unequivocally make that statement. Christ talked about building your house on a rock. And you know what he meant by that. It's not just simply um, to know the scriptures, but to, to do what Jesus says. And that when you do what Jesus says, then you are building that house upon the rock. That's how all the scripture is. And so it is important for us to seek the scriptures for in them we think we have eternal life as they are there to testify of Jesus Christ. So the first thing is to think on. To think on what? There are several things to think upon. And the first thing is whatsoever things are true. Truth. Where is truth? The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Truth is in God. God is truth. Incarnate. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. The Bible says that the word is true. David says in Psalm 119, 160, thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So the word is true because it's God's word. God breathed, given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness. That the man and the woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished under good works. The Holy Spirit is truth. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will. Guide you into all truth, the Lord said. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Are you willing to go on this adventure with God, as it were, of, of what the Holy Spirit is yet to teach you? You who are the children of God. And the other thing to think about next is whatsoever things are honest, honorable, worthy, Proper motives, animals, and morals, and not frivolity, not uh, lightness, things that, uh, that don't build you up. And even building, being around people that, that don't build you up, but, but tear you down, especially in the faith. For example, in Ephesians 5, 1 through 6, Ephesians 5, 1 through 6, we have an excellent explanation of whatsoever things are honest. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sweet-smelling savor to God, sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, wanting things that, that God hasn't given to us. Let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Don't let that trail your life be uh, something that, that, that darkens or dampens or tarnishes your testimony. Neither filthiness 
nor foolish talking, nor jesting. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't make any jokes. I mean, there are good, clean jokes, okay? Christian jokes. Uh, but I think you understand where, where, this, is, uh, where this is leading. The kind that, uh, that enthrall the hearts of the worldly, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Let's profit our time and our words. Let them be few, but when you speak, let them be words that, 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 that edify, that build up, that glorify God. For this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, they're all involved in a form or another of idolatry. That's what we do. That's what we become when we do these things. That is all of the above. As we become idolaters. Hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God? Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. If you don't think that, read the scriptures, the Old Testament and the New, and you will see God's attitude towards sin. Each and every time, He doesn't let up one iota. And the only hope that we have is that His Son Jesus is our refuge. If it were not for Him, we would all be toast. Whatsoever things are just, in Titus 3, 4 through 9, Titus 3, 4 through 9, we heard earlier in the uh, salutation uh, uh, from Titus 2, here in Titus chapter 3, 4 through 9, I read. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. What is he talking about? He's talking about whatsoever things are just or righteous. Beginning with the righteousness of God by which we are justified before a holy and perfect and sinless God. We're talking about the righteousness of Jesus Christ that shields us from the wrath of God as we put on Christ by faith. We're talking about the righteousness that is also worked in us by the Holy Spirit because we are to be those that are, as it says here, affirming constantly that because we believe in God, we are careful to maintain what? Good works. Those are righteousness. Those are works that reveal the character of God, and thus should be our character as well. In Revelation 15 it says, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. So if the King is this way, 
should not the saints of whom he is king be likewise? And what's one of the things that are pure? The Philippians were involved in pagan worship before they were converted to Christ and a lawless lifestyle, unchaste. Yet the Bible says of his people, what, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And part of why they don't know us is because they don't know the God that is in our lives, the Holy Spirit that indwells our lives, who is the Holy Spirit. They don't know that why we do what we do is because of who we are in Christ. And that's why they don't know us, because they don't know Him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. We know that much. We will be like Him, perfect, holy, pure. For we shall see Him as He is. And the only way we can see Him as He is is if that we are like Him and, and see Him through no longer the eyes of faith, but through the eyes of flesh. But it goes on. And every man that hath his hope in him or in himself purifieth himself, even as he, Jesus, is pure. This is a proof without a shadow of doubt that you are a child of God is, is if you seek this in your life, you seek purity, you seek holiness and peace without which no man shall see the Lord. That this is your deep, heartfelt desire day by day, even though you, you know that each day you break the Lord's commandments in thought with you. Even though you are this work in progress and sometimes you feel broken down and like you let the Lord down and, 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 and you have not had. But that doesn't change the fact that deep down inside, this is your passion to become like Him. And then next, whatsoever things are lovely. This only occurs, this word, once in the scriptures. And it has the meaning of lovely and amiable and pleasing. The idea is, is found in uh, scriptures like uh, in Proverbs of godly woman, favors deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman that's, that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Those other things are temporary, and we all know that, right? <laughs> we all know that. Uh, all we have to do is be around long enough in this life, and, and, and we see the effects of, 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 of the fall. But yet, there's something that far exceeding and eternal in weight and glory, and that is the fear of the Lord. And that's what should adorn every woman, not only every woman, but every man of God, too. Blessed is every man that feareth the Lord and that walketh in his ways. And thou shalt see. And thou shalt see. Well, got a senior moment here. Sorry about that. You know, this is what I'm going to teach you out there. I'm just beginning to touch on uh, Blessed is every man that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. This is the man of God that fears the Lord. And the standard we have is none other than Jesus Christ himself, who is spoken about, for example, in the Song of Solomon 5.16. It says in Solomon 5.16, His mouth is most sweet, 
He is altogether loved. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. And then, whatsoever things are of good report. I think we have an idea what that is. Like, if you're in school, you want to have a good report card, right? <laughs> Especially when you come home. You don't want uh, to come home with uh, uh, low grades, right? Whatsoever things are a good report. We want to make a good report to God. We want to make a good report to others that know us and know that we are of God. In other words, we want to make a good impression, but not for impression's sake only, but for, for Christ's sake, for the one we represent. We want not to let Him down, not to let others down who are looking to us, especially if we are older in the faith, especially if we are longer on the, on the road, on the journey of of Christ. We want to be a good example. And so, uh, for example, if we look at 2 Corinthians 6, 6-10, we're looking at a lot of scriptures today, right? Let me say this before I forget, because I don't have this down. And that is, all these things that we are to think on or think upon are in the Word of God. And that's why all the scriptures, okay? So, 2 Corinthians 6, 6 through 10. By pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfailing, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor, and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful and always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. This is how you make a good impression on God in all these ways. And yes, while it says in this passage, by evil report and good report, understand what he means. This is by honor and dishonor. And that is, in the eyes of the world, we may be looked upon and may be given an evil report. But may it be that in the eyes of God and of His people, and even of the world, we would always maintain a good report. And not reacting, but responding. You know what I mean? When someone throws a stone at you, not throwing what? A stone back, but rather giving way, because you know that vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And if you throw anything back, make sure it's ready. And that way, you make a good impression for the Lord. And that's not easy to do. If we don't do it with our nearest and dearest at times, at times when things, you know, in the home get chaotic, how much more easy it is to fall into that trap, such as road rage. All of a sudden, somebody just about knocked 
run you off the road and then you want to do the same thing back. At least it's in your heart, right? Or you say something that you later regret because you know that that's not a Christian thing to say. <laughs> These are all little examples and, and you know what? Even though it sounds kind of corny, you know, uh, the Christian thing to do, the Christian thing to say, yet they all are true. We, we all go through these same scenarios in our lives and, and yet at the end of the day we realize that we could have done better. And hopefully we go back and improve upon that. That's what's called sanctification. And then lastly, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, I, I put these together because virtue speaks of excellency, of quality, and that which is of praise is the same, uh, worthy of the accolades of, of, of men and of, of God. As Jesus was one who found favor with God and man, and as Paul spoke about how he desires and exercises himself to have a conscience, always have a conscience of a void of, of, uh, of guilt, of offense before God and man. Let's look at one uh, scripture, Second Peter 2. This is a little bit longer. Uh, 2 through 11. 2 Peter 1, I'm sorry, 2 Peter 1, 2 through 11. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, to the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Excellency, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. That's what we're after, to have the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Excellency. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Love. God's love. God. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And see how this all works together. All these things we have uh, talked about thus far that we are to think upon. It starts there. Like the Puritans said, it all begins up here in the, in the mind, in the head, in the understanding. Because God appeals to us on the basis of our reason. He treats us as rational creatures which He has made us over and above the animal world. By far. And so that's where it begins. That's where, where it begins because 
He calls upon us to reason with him. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But if you refuse and rebel, watch out. Beware. So this is not an option. And at the same time, God is entreating us. God is appealing to us. God is desiring to nurture us as his children. If you remember in our reading earlier, it spoke about how his gentleness makes me great. God is gentle to his people. He has to be, because if he was always like this, it's over. It's done for. And he has every reason to be like this, but yet he doesn't always be like this. Thank God for that, that he is a gentle shepherd who, who bears the, the, the lambs in his arms and who gently leads the ewes beside him and who shepherds the sheep all the way. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And that is not because of me. That is not because of me and my Christian character, my Christian conduct, and being a believer in Christ. It is because of Christ is my Lord and Savior. Praise God. And so, meditate on these things. And as, uh, as the Bible says, that those who will meditate therein day and night, they should, and observe to do all things that are written therein. God will make their way prosperous and God will give them good success. You want success? The kind of success that, that is real success. But this is it. This is the best of both worlds. If you will, this is it. For as David would say, my meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Do you? But we have another part that I need to speak to, although I think in, in speaking about the next part, which is the doing of this, I've already spoken on it. I mean, I can probably stop right now. <laughs> but I'll say a little bit more. And that is because, you know what, sometimes we have an attitude of, been there, done that, you know? But how are you with regard to your time of meditating upon the Word? Are you caught up in the hurly-burly of life, the tyranny of the urgent, as it's also known, so that, uh, yeah, you read the Bible, it's like, off I go, you know, come back, what do I do? You know? Or do you really take the time and wait on the Lord? Like Spurgeon says, you know when he would be disturbed in his prayer closet? He wouldn't answer the door. <laughs> Even if it was his wife telling him it's breakfast, he wouldn't he would answer the door because he's in the presence of the king. If you're in the presence of the king, it doesn't matter who else is in the world or who else is in the room or who else is in the house. You're in the presence of the that's how he treated his time in the Word and his time in prayer. Just like that. And he was blessed. And everyone that followed his example was blessed. But now we go on to do, because Paul did say in verse 9, those things that we have just heard whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are uh, of good report, if there be any virtue, whatsoever things are lovely, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And 
God, peace shall be with you. Hmm. He's saying, look at me. Look at me. Look at those things because I've been there and done that as a work. Although he's not saying this in an arrogant fashion because he's lying in prison right now. See, when he said that. He's not in prison. God has him as low as one can go. God has him at the point in his life where all he can say is, Thy grace is sufficient unto me, for your strength is made perfect in my weakness. And, and most gladly would I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is where he's at. So you don't, so don't even, even consider the possibility that, that, that he's boasting. Although when he would boast in his writings, he would tell you so. I'm boasting here. But I want you to know that my boasting here is not so that you might look at me, but that eventually you will be looking at the one I'm looking at. And that's Jesus Christ. After you have meditated and prayed over these good things, it's time to put them into action. The Apostle Paul is offering himself as an example of one was thought on these things much, most of his adult life now, and has endeavored with all that is in him to live it out. And you can read passages like in 2 Corinthians where he, he, he tells you how his life was from beginning to end, or in the book of Acts. You can see where he uh, enumerates on, uh, I won't call them his accomplishments, but just the events in his life that God had brought him through, because God says that he, will, he predestinates our steps. And boy, I tell you, the Apostle Paul, he was the object of God's predestinating love. Because I don't know who can go through all those things and suffer in all those ways, and yet come out shining and smiling. But him. But he'll be the first to admit he has not arrived. And who has, oh wretched sinners that we are. If I look at, for example, when he says in Romans 7, 18 through 25. And this, by the way, was not a testimony of Saul of Tarsus. See, some people, some theologians that are off on this, say that this is Paul talking about the past and how he was when he was still breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the way. When he was after blood, even the blood of the saints, the very ones that are God's children. No, this is not him uh, talking Saul of Tarsus, that is. But this is Paul, the apostle, speaking. And he says in Romans 7, 18-25, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. That is in my, in my nature, in the nature that I was born with, in my sinful nature. For to will is present with me, meaning to will to do God's will, the desire to do God's will. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. I struggle with how to do it every day. For the good that I would, I do not. I end up not doing what I know I should do. But the evil which I would not, that I do. I can't understand this. Why I'm like the yin and the yang, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. All at the same time sometimes, it seems like. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now he's starting to separate uh, his alter ego from, his, from himself. And, and he's saying, that's, that's the old me. That's 
That's simple Paul. That's simple Paul. In I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Because the law is like a like a, a light, a searchlight. It's, it's revealing everything about my inner soul, about my life. The law is like a mirror that when I stand before it, I, I see all the imperfections from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I go to bed at night. He says this, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. This tells you this is not Saul of Tarsus speaking, but this is Paul, the Son of God. Love the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bring me into, the cap into captivity to the law of sin, which is my members. Another principle, other than God's word and spirit. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's, again, the simple nature. It's like a living death for the Christian anymore. It's like Oh, my, I can't wait till I, I, I die. I, I crucify because this low death is, is really agonizing sometimes. <laughs> I like to just, you know, end it. I thank God for Jesus Christ our Lord. So then in mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. There are these two principles at war in the Christian. This is the Christian life. This is a normal Christian life. It's not the victorious Christian life the way that it's often portrayed by those that are in that movement. Except in the sense that, that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, and if we hang in there, by the grace of God, we will persevere to the end. But only by the grace of God. When you look to Christ, when you seriously follow Him, and when you follow even those ahead of you, older than you, more experienced than you, follow Christ and are encouraged by their example. God promises this and the God of peace shall be with you. He is with you all along, but you will realize who He is. You will realize Him as the God of peace. In Jehovah Shalom as you've never realized Him before. But you have to follow Paul's example. Paul's saying here as we start Again, what he is saying is this, I think, that as you follow me, that you follow me as I follow Christ. That's what I mean to say. And you will reach the point in your walk when you can tell others like Paul did what is on the bulletin cover. When he said to those that had apprehended him, and were about ready to send him on his way to Rome where he would be finally executed. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but all those that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except his bonds. So Paul wants us to follow him as he follows Christ. This, my brothers and sisters, is the way. I can say thankfully that I see this in 
you all in different degrees and trust that God will only cause that light to increase more and more to the birth day. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Thou will keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Shall we pray? O Father, help us to be all that you want us to be. We are not that, but we thank you that you still love us in spite of that, and that your loving us is what motivates us to keep coming back and not to give up. You're loving us enough, Lord, to gently shepherd us even when we are not gentle with others. Is showing us an example that we will not find anywhere in the world except in your choices, saints, in whom you have worked radically and marvelously as the Apostle Paul. Oh God, help us who are older to be examples to the younger. Oh, help us especially in this perilous hour when, Lord, push comes to shove and when, Lord, it is all the more imperative for the sake of those who don't know the way, either because they are young and are starting out or because, Lord, they are not yet saved and are lost. Oh, Lord, Help us to be all that we can for the sake of those around us that have yet to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we know if we do.